I'm Laura Zach. And I'm Brittany Ashley. And this is Sicker Sadder World, a podcast where we rewatch episodes of Daria and relate it to our current world. Well, we've reached the penultimate episode of the series. Wow. It, it went by in a flash. But of course, we wouldn't be able to end the series without talking about you know, kind of like the classic rite of passage into going into college, which is, are you going to sleep with your high school significant other? If you have one. If you have one. I mean, that's like the, that's the plot of like every single high school movie pretty much. And so it's no surprise that they finally got to this moment where they, you know, they interrogate the fact that Tom and Daria aren't very intimate like they don't talk about sex even it's not even something on their radar i think helen's the talks about sex more we don't even see them kiss very often no and and i think and it makes sense i mean we can get into like the psychology of daria later on but i mean wow i'm I'm really excited to get into this app but before we do that i mean still check in where's your head at Well, I was wondering if you happened to cord pull several of my exes. Because they're all coming back. Well, if you did, you failed because <laughs> something is in the air. No, but if today, if, if you did cord pull, it's successful if they're reaching out for one like dying breath. Okay, which one of you sweet listeners took it upon yourself to cord pull multiple of my exes? In order to generate them, all making themselves known in varying degrees on this one day, today. Friday the 13th. Literally Friday the 13th. I didn't even think about that. One of the exes that got in touch was the the witch ex that many of you are familiar with from this podcast. I may have mentioned that she, one of her jobs is she's an energy healer and she has clients and works her woo. And she's very powerful. And I got a text from her that said, Hi, Laura, just confirming your 3 p.m. appointment tomorrow. Looking forward to working with you. Star emoji, prayer hands emoji. Oh, I thought it was a butterfly and a star. Oh, you're right. I forgot I sent you the screenshot. I was like, I don't technically remember the emojis, but thank you for keeping me honest. You know, I thought about not responding, not engaging energetically. It has been over a year since we have had a direct exchange. But she also has had an uncanny ability to like pop in when something is going on in my life. And that happened last fall when it was the day after something big had gone on. And then the last couple days have been a lot of shifts for me. So it was interesting timing. But then I thought I didn't want to take the risk of having this other Laura miss out on her session if I didn't let let her know that it, it wasn't me. So I wrote to her and said, hey, wrong Laura, um, but hope you're well. And then she wrote a really sweet message back with another butterfly and another star burst. And it was perfectly innocuous and sweet, but it also was like, I think about you all the time. Totally. 
And then another ex apparently has been keeping her eyeballs on some friends' stories that she's been avoiding for a while. It's so weird that we live in an era that, like, the psychology of the viewers of the story is an actual thing. I sort of hate it that we live, that that's our reality, that that's a thing that we have to think about that we wouldn't even understand what we were talking about if we were telling ourselves like two years ago. Yeah. What's what's a story? And why am I going to worry oh, I was about... I the wiser and I loved it. Oh, God. I'm trying to figure out how to tell my new therapist that in the last two weeks, I couldn't find one single moment to meditate. I was supposed to try and meditate once a day for the last two weeks, and I didn't do it once. What about getting up 15 minutes earlier than you normally do? See, it's it's less about the fact that I didn't do it, and it's more why I didn't do it, you know? Why didn't you do it? I don't know. It, it Maybe it's like I don't allow myself these little breaks because I just constantly put myself into more and more work, perhaps to not connect with others or myself. You know what I mean? I really wish that the earnestness of your face just now could be translated to the, <laughs> the listening audience. Like just so it's like the face Brittany does when you're not sure if she's being the most honest or the most full of bullshit. <laughs> it could go either way. Yeah, it sounds to me like the very exercise of assigning you to do that is revealing something true about your psychology. Yeah, and I know like and I shouldn't feel guilt about it. I mean, like, that's obviously a sign as well that, like, I feel guilty that I didn't accomplish this task. But to me, it would have been, like, on a to-do list of things. It would have been, like, uh, write this script, edit this podcast, meditate, and it's just, like, checking another thing off a list. And it's not something that I actually want to do or feel yeah. like I deserve. Sometimes I go so ham on the to-do list that I, like, put poop on it. <laughs> Yeah. You know? Sometimes I'll be like, shave upper lip. Like, get so specific. <laughs> Anytime that something is going to need a designated chunk of minutes, I'm like, hey, it's going on the list. Yeah. <laughs> I got a planner this this year for oh the God, first time congrats. in years. Like I a, live by planners. Like a handwritten one, a book planner. And... Yeah, I, 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 it's been helpful, but it's also been, I don't like, I don't know if this is healthy for me to map out this much of my day. Like, my impulsiveness has definitely gone down but your productivity will maybe go up maybe or maybe i'm just gonna be thinking i'm more productive but really i'm just checking more things off my list because i'm now writing things like poop that's true but doesn't it so feel good yes it <laughs> doesn't feels it great. feel so good to cross off that poop yeah for sure this is also ideally like the ide fifth time you've said poop in the podcast ideally more than once a day if you're healthy. This is my style. Got to get up. Or I might fall. Excuse me. Excuse me. I've got to be done.
This title is a play on a French New Wave film from the 60s called No Night at Mods. Was it about doing it? No, it was about, it was like a weird structured film. It was like all about four different single people and they'd always run into these other people where they knew one of the three people that they had just met and there are people who were atheists and there are people who are religious. Like it really, it really didn't have much to do about teenage sex drive. They were just going for the pun. They were. So we open with Tom and Daria reading next to one another. They're reading Macroeconomics and Critique of Pure Reasoning, which are literally two classes that I had to guess my way through in college. So that was nice to see that high schoolers were understanding it and comprehending it. I'm not sure that how much they were understanding it. But I mean, they were definitely... Like he was reading Immanuel Kant. Yeah. I know. That shit is... is treacherous like you cannot yeah, I have like a book literally up there that as an adult now who's been out of college for a while I'm like you know what maybe I'll get back in there and learn it because maybe I'm closer to understanding what the fuck it means honestly even engaging with it in like a room full of people with an expert I don't feel like I understood much of Kant it was just like grasping I just can't <laughs> oh my god I can't I can't even I can't even nice <laughs> but i also think and i and this is coming from my pov as a massive book nerd who did go to a great books college this shit is not a turn on like it can be if you're actually engaging with the work in a sexy way but yeah it's i don't think it's a mistake that they choose to establish tom and daria in this opening scene as hanging out reading incredibly really dense bland text. literature yeah yeah and, and not really engaging totally yeah or, and, and they're opposite sides of the room they aren't even sitting next to each other so they can as esther, esther perel would say like put one hand on the knee which is another form of intimacy you know there's no like gentle touch at all and even if you're tracking what they're reading it's not even something that they can like compare with each other like it's literally math and literature you know philosophy so Quinn comes in and she starts complaining about her date, which warrants Tom and Daria to leave in the middle of her saying that this guy that she was on a date with was only talking about himself. And one of her qualms is that his car's CD player was skipping. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Usually that means the CD has a problem, not the car player. Right. Right? If yeah. a CD skips, that from my vintage yeah, understanding of CDs. Yeah, there's some scratches on it. That prompts Tom and Daria to go up to Daria's room to escape. And that's where they start reading again. And Quinn blasts this music, which, fun fact, in the original airing, uh, the song that she blasts on the radio is Crash and Burn by Savage Garden. And so when Daria calls it out and says, it sounds like a traveling band of eunuchs, she's talking directly about Savage Garden. Oh, Wait, what are we meant to think in the version now that she's talking about? Just whatever the music was? Yeah, it's okay. it was just some like nondescript like So you think they had that music. band in mind when they wrote that line? Maybe. I want to say the lead singer's name was Darren. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Chickadee China. Oh, it's something different. I drink a no. cherry cola. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Ooh, you can see why I made those mistakes. Oh, that song is objectively good, honestly. And I can picture that music video too. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
How does it sound in a microphone? Uh, check it, check it. Check it, Jerry Cola. Check it, Jerry Cola. Ooh, what's that? I find out. Anytime I need to see a face, I just close my eyes and I ain't checking to a face where your crest don't mind and a gentle feeling. Check a chapter in the face on my spine, straight like a chick of Jerry Cola. I don't need to try to explain it, it's all done, died. And if it happens again, I'm a move so silent to the arms and the lips and the face of the human can of all that I need to, I want to. Come stand a little bit closer. Breathe in and get a bit higher. But also it was Crash and Burn by Savage Garden. So Which should... is more like this. It's hard to find relief And people can be so cold When darkness is upon your door And you feel like you can't take anymore Then there's this moment where Daria gets like really flustered and Tom is like, God, Daria, why didn't you tell me things were so bad at home? And it's like this weird moment where it's like things aren't bad at home. It's just like a weird way to show that Daria's kind of like flustered about something. Yeah. Was, was he making a joke? I don't. Well, it's hard to tell with animated because his face just literally stays the same. <laughs> That's so true. Also, Tom isn't particularly um, uh, expressive. Right. He's like Daria in that way. Yeah. And so we check in with Jake and Helen, who are at a sushi restaurant. I felt like... Called Tokyo Tobies. But I did feel like this episode was a little bit, like, anti-sushi. I feel like it was written... (laughs) Just pushing that anti-sushi propaganda. Yeah, I felt like it was written by someone who has never had good sushi and is grossed out by the thought of raw fish because it was like perpetuating this idea that there's something unsanitary about eating it. Well, I think it was less about sushi. I think it was more about this sleazy dude who runs a restaurant who is unsanitary. But I've never heard of parasites being associated with sushi. Me neither. That's why it was weird when the doctor was like immediately like, have you had sushi lately? It's like, have isn't there other things that you would go to first before you'd say sushi? Not if you're inside a constructed world that's created by sushi racists. That's true. Helen's clearly grossed out by this place from the beginning. She's dropping the food on her lap. And Jake is there with business interests. He wants to take him on as an, a consulting client because that's what Jake does. He's a consultant. Right. And this sexist Toby dude says something weird like, you're not eating much, trying to keep your girlish figure at this age. And it's like how he like made a comment about her body and her age at the exact same time, like a piece of shit. So then Tom and Daria, they fall asleep 
And at 4 a.m., they not wake up. Not even touching. Again, yeah. just literally it's like, it's like he's reading. a puppy dog at the bottom of her bed, like curled up. Like, oh, doggies. But yeah, nothing at all. Not only not sexual, but not even physically intimate. They could have even just been friends, fallen asleep that way in their clothes. Tom realizes that he has to sneak out and leave. And he runs into Jake, who is wasted off of sake and just getting some lasagna leftovers. He even helps Tom get out of the door. He's like, oh, this is a little tricky. And we think that, like, he's just going to get away scotch-free. But then when Jake goes upstairs, he just mutters something like, I forgot to offer Tom some lasagna. And that's when Helen finds out that Tom semi-stayed over. Right. And Helen freaks the F out and immediately goes and wakes Daria up and wants to process. Also, she says something to Jake about, like, their raging hormones. But again, she seems to know so little about the reality of her daughter. Right. And I like when when Daria replies with, my hormones don't rage. Yeah. And honestly, I believe her. I feel like there are aspects of this episode that edged up on themes of asexuality, actually, because it didn't necessarily like Daria's conflict around the should they shouldn't they. She framed it as like not being ready. But we also just simply haven't seen evidence of her even wanting to like she feels obligated to totally but i also think it could possibly be about the fact that she is so afraid of intimacy and is so afraid of connection and to like have sex especially for the first time when you're kind of like an insecure person i think that a lot of her fear has to do with that aspect i mean i think like cynicism and like not wanting to connect with people and just being able to like you know have a voice on something but not participate is like a huge part of this conflict of her having intimacy issues like it makes total sense to me yeah but I could also totally picture her being content in a non-sexual relationship I could see that too yeah because I think that she is but I think she's really concerned that Tom doesn't feel that way which I don't believe is the case. I mean, I, I think that Tom would obviously like prefer to have sex. Yeah, and we find out that is the case. Helen is trying to like have this sex talk with Daria and just like gauge if they did have sex. And I don't know, I, I guess just like the reality of having sex late at night in your in your bed when your parents are there just feels like not super realistic. I feel like it always happens in like a car or like in this like non-romantic place like during the day or like you know skipping class and then like go doing it somewhere but I feel like it's never really like come sneak come sneak into my house at two in the morning and then leave at four in the morning yeah I'd never had sex in high school so I wouldn't know (laughs) what that's just facts yeah no and I'm listening and making eye contact did you have sex in high school yeah Wow. But, like, it was complicated because with, like, the first two boyfriends that I had tried to have sex with, there was, like, a logistical error of, like, one of them, like, couldn't get it up. And then with, like, another one, it was, like, we didn't know how to get it in there. Like, there was just some, like, logistical errors. Like a wrong hole coal type thing. (laughs) That was in, in my high school. There was... My friend Cole got the un- unsavory nickname, Wrong Hole Cole, 
And I'm sure you can guess why that happened. Absolutely. That didn't happen to me. I think it was more just like, that's not even where it is. That's my thigh type situation. Oh, just like thinking it's a much bigger target. (laughs) Yeah. Or just like, you know, just being two kids, seeing it portrayed on screen and being like, this is how sex works. But like never really understanding the logistics of like, this is what's needed for this to go in. And you know what I mean? Like, you know, trying oh, to... Oh, man, I wish... I, I mean, I have no desire to, like, watch Young Britney have sex, but I also would like to see that as, like, a yeah. scene. But it, like, felt like trying to fit a hot dog through a no. straw. You know what I mean? Okay, no longer want to see it. <laughs> Wait, what's the straw? You're talking about your thigh. Right, but, like... I'm back to wrong hole coal in my mind. <laughs> um, But then when I finally did... When it did line up... But also there was, oh, like, obviously Jesus. that whole... When it did line up line up like as a figure of speech okay it's like Brittany I think we get it <laughs> no. can we please move on from this visual I was just saying that like once it did happen I think it was like in a car and then it was just like in random odd places but it was never really like while either of our parents were home like in either of our beds that just like wouldn't have really happened yeah I gave a BJ and a papazon chair in my family bedroom <laughs> or my family my bedroom of my family's house but it was when my parents were gone for the weekend nice classic getting head in the papa zone that guy was such an asshole though mistakes were made helen and daria reach kind of this conclusion of daria being like listen i would tell you if it happened and helen is really touched and is like you would i thought it was more helen being like if it happens you know you can tell me right and daria being like uh uh, uh. <laughs> but that is like the major question is will daria have sex before the series ends what do you think do you think she will are you including the film well we could talk about both do you think that she'll have sex in the next episode no i don't think so do you think she'll have sex in the film i don't really think so mm. do you? I, don't, I truly don't remember i don't either I just, I just don't can't. see i don't especially since they just devote they're devoting this entire episode to it I can't see them going back to it, the then episode. devoting an episode to the emotional ramifications of what happens when she does do it. It feels like it'd be kind of repetitive. Yeah, I think that there'll be like maybe a steamy makeout, but I think she'll realize that she's still not ready for sex. I don't again. even remember if she and Tom stay together when they go to college. Me neither. We'll all find out together. Yeah. Um, we also learned that Helen lost her virginity to a stunt driver. For sure. And and she talks about it like, you know, it's a universal, like, you know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's made made that mistake before. Totally. And Quinn overhears all of this and she's gossiping to Stacy. And so thus begins the EZA plot line. It's great. The people at school now think that she and Tom have had sex and are taking a real interest in sharing with Daria that they know that now and maybe even viewing Daria differently, especially like uh, Kevin and Brittany when they approach her. Like Brittany's like, oh, we can talk about big girl stuff or whatever she says, like woman stuff. That does kind of remind me in a way of like in my group of friends, I think I was actually like the last one to lose my virginity of like my five closest friends. And Every time one of us did, it was like a weird like, oh, we could talk about it now. And so I definitely did feel like a little left out in the way that like people would talk about it. And then once you finally did, even though it means truly nothing, you know what I mean? Like there's so much pressure put onto it and that like 
you know, there's things that you don't understand until it happens uh, is, is what like the, the narrative is. But there is like this weird pressure that when you're a couple in high school that you have to do it and like your friends want to know when you do. And so it totally just like takes the intimacy out of it, in my opinion, because the whole time I feel like you're just waiting to be like, oh, wow, I can't wait to tell Stephanie about this. You know what I mean? It's not ever really yeah, again, about it's, what it's about. Again, it's more about the social currency that it gets you among your girlfriends than it is about the person, the partner that you're doing this totally. thing with. And I mean, in college, I certainly did a lot of things that were like, this will be so funny to tell my friends about. Oh, yeah, me too, unfortunately. Yeah. Or either that or I immediately in the middle or directly following an unsavory sexual experience would be like, at least this will be a good story. Totally. Or I can reframe it so that it gets mileage in a way that's not just going to make me feel awful about myself. Yeah. But yeah, that's true among your friends. But I think what Daria's experience are more like acquaintances asking her about it. And while I do think it's a very common trope in high school shows of like, you know, a dude pretending or spreading the rumor that something happened with a girl that didn't really happen or it did happen and he like immediately is bragging about it. Like that's certainly something we've seen before, but it's just, I don't know, I didn't dislike it. It was kind of refreshing that people were kind of like respecting Daria more. Like it didn't feel at all slut shamey, no, which was it cool. No, it didn't at all. It felt more like sick. Yeah, just sort of like game recognized game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was cool. And a really uncomfortable juxtaposition of A story and B story. Is Jake getting a parasite? Yeah, like the the hypothetical having sex for the first time and then Jake having a sushi throat parasite, which is so gnarly. But on the upside, he did get that job consulting Toby's sushi place. Maybe it's just anti-sushi made by white people. Maybe that's what this That's what I'd like to think show about. is saying. Yeah. Like someone who's appropriating this whole cuisine is getting punished by a plague. Yeah, I'm into that. So then we see Daria and Jane talk on the phone and it is like, holy fuck, how does Jane feel about this? Like, does she believe it? It sounds like she does believe it, it, but it's like also she says something of like, don't give me the squishy details because obviously, you know, she had dated Tom and this has to be like a weird moment where even if Jane doesn't have feelings for Tom anymore, it's like, oh, my friend slept with, like, you wanted to sleep with my friend, but you didn't want to sleep with me. Yeah, and I think, and this answers, this scene and the following scene answer our questions that we had about whether or not Jane and Tom had slept together. I believe that we had landed on thinking that they had, but yeah, it's revealed that they didn't and that Jane is actually a virgin, which we only- Jane the virgin. Yeah, I wrote that down, actually, <laughs> because she she references how her plan is to wait until like the first day of college. Yeah, the first day of college. We also learn through this conversation that the rumor has expanded, as rumors tend to do. And it's now not just that they slept together, but that Daria's dad walked in on them in the middle of it and that Daria was wearing high heels, like it's some sort now. of like slutty secretary fantasy. Was there ever a rumor about you in high school? I'm sure there was. I mean, I feel like one of the very first episodes we recorded was where I talked about that bully that I had named Nina, who like wanted to beat me up and then cornered me in the bathroom and was like, 
I heard you're sending my, your cousins to beat me up. Like it was a rumor that worked oh, in my yeah, favor. This, yeah. yeah, a rumor that worked in my favor that was like had this mafia esque cool uh, reputation that I had a bunch of because I do I do and did have a bunch of older boy cousins and an older brother. So I think that just kind of trickled down to be like they'll beat you up. Cool. Which still applies for sure. No, I've I've heard the rumor too. Yeah, they'll never, they'll I've fly. Been, I've been too afraid to cross. They're bi coastal. They will fly in. But we find out that Quinn is the one that started this rumor when Quinn was outside of Daria's room and she had heard Helen say something about it. Quinn told Stacy, and then Stacy told everyone. And I think on some level, Quinn's also kind of upset because she thinks that Daria beat her to this milestone. Yeah, it's an extension. First, it's an extension of the episode where Quinn was insecure about not knowing what like monogamous couples do. Right. And we've seen Quinn be so pro-feminist, so like poly and open. So it's interesting that she would be scandalized at all about sex when it feels like I don't want to stereotype, but it feels like the fashion club probably gets around, you know? Yeah. But I feel like Quinn, you know, like, I, I think there's like a clear distinction between like Sandy and Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Daria confides in Jody, or she tries to talk to her about the situation between like this rumor and how she feels about it. But she asks Jody if she and Mac had ever slept together. And then Jody gets very uncomfortable, despite the fact that like, She's trying to be like, she's trying to empower Daria and is like, it's yeah, okay. she, yeah, like, she's it's like, it's not like... the 50s anymore. Like, yeah. yeah. But then immediately, like, once she's asked about her sex life, she's like, no, it's the 50s again. Yeah. Like, she said that she'll plead the fifth until her parents are dead. Right. Which suggests to me that they might have some freaky sex. I, I definitely think that they have sex, but I think that, like, Jody would be more afraid of what it would do to her reputation then she wants to let on right so daria and jane are walking and jane is perplexed being like why does this bother you so much and they have this conversation about the assumption that you're if you're in a relationship you're definitely having sex so if you aren't having sex when you're in a relationship does that mean that it's a bad relationship and daria is trying to make the case that relationships can't hinge on physical intimacy right which again i felt was a little bit asexual adjacent yeah but and also like you know she's 17 no and and i do appreciate that this is presenting an alternative version of being that age which i think is very real Mm -hmm. and is maybe even more realistic and more fits with my experience of that being that age than the like american pie type representation of the the raging hormones version of teen of, right. of being a teenager and it's also flipping it on its head and showing it through the female perspective which is rarely shown in you know mm-hmm. those like old 90s movies yeah trying to parse out what is the relationship outside of that and is it as valid without it daria now wants to start a rumor about quinn and see what happens with it and so she makes a rumor that Quinn has Malaysian toenail fungus. So specific. Incredibly specific. And in, in related to that, Jake obviously does found out, find out that he got a parasite from the sushi. And the doctor seems to somehow know exactly that it was from sushi, which feels far-fetched. 
Although I've been to urgent care before where they claim expertise very quickly. Where I'm like, how did you tell that from just looking at my ear, you know? <laughs> but now Tom and Dory are hanging out and he can tell that something's wrong. And he tries to make a joke about the rumor and he's like, well, can we get that rumor started at my school? But all in all, Tom is under the impression, you know, because Daria had told him before that she isn't ready. Like, obviously, they've talked about it before. And then Daria kind of instantly decides that she's ready now. And she balks completely when Tom is like, well, cool, I've got a condom in my wallet. And she's like, why do you have that? So presumptuous. Yeah, totally. It, <laughs> this was such a like classic Daria moment. Entirely. This fight. But then like, yeah, it, it's also it's also like a back and forth of like, I'm ready. Never mind. I'm not ready. Actually, I'm ready. Yeah, let's schedule this. Like Felicity. Do you remember that part in Felicity where yeah. she, they pencil in when they're when she's gonna have sex with Noel? But then they like go back and forth. To, it's clear as day to us that Daria's not ready. Well, right, because even her vacillating on whether or not she is suggests that she's not. Right. Like there's not anything confident about it. But And I kinda wanted Tom to pick up on that more. Yeah, but this is when we have to give him credit that he is a teen boy who like is being relatively patient. Like we aren't when he thinks that she's not ready, we don't see him pressuring her. Right. He's just taking at face value what she says. And so she says, "Okay, let's do it next Saturday in your bed at such and such time." And he's like, "All right, dope. It's on." We also see that Jake has been avoiding Daria since the sex rumor. Yep. He's dadding out. <laughs> But now it's the day, and Daria is clearly not psyched for it. First, she t- Daria tells Jane about the day, you know, tells her that it's it's coming because obviously, you know, it's not gay gay at all that you want your your female best friend to be thinking of you on the exact hour that you're losing your virginity. <laughs> but yeah, she's not to your ex boyfriend, <laughs> right? Exactly. But yeah, Daria's not really psyched and in direct juxtaposition Thomas lit candles he got a bouquet of flowers he's like trying the best he can to set the mood but Daria is late and he just sits on his bed waiting for her and he eventually gets so fed up that he calls and Helen answers and covers for Daria and says that she's not home and it's really sad he got stood up on I mean do we think Tom's a virgin I feel like he's not well this well he maybe got stood up on his first time or he just got or a significant first time yeah. with a serious girlfriend. Either way, it sucks. And then Daria's avoiding his call, and then Helen's sort of like, "What's up?" And she makes an excuse about having a big essay due, and then she writes him a letter that's basically like, "I guess you know, sorry that that happened. I just wasn't ready. I guess we're breaking up now." Like assuming this means the end for them, right? And they then they meet up and. Tom is pretty understanding and is like, you're not ready. I understand. And she talks about how she's scared that the thought of that much intimacy scares her. And again, like, in my understanding, of course, Daria would have intimacy issues. Every every single way that she acts is a way to avoid connection with other people. The most intimate person she has in her life is Jane. Right. And she, in the way that she connected with Jane, maybe was trying to sleep with her boyfriend or trying to date her boyfriend. Or her brother, trying to get with any man close to Jane. Wow. Yeah, heavy. 
But it's so funny that Susie, who co-created the show, is like, no way. No way about the lesbian connection? Yeah. <sighs> like, oh, open your eyes. Look what you created. Yeah, it's like how the creator of Xena played off that, like, he didn't know about that lesbian relationship. And it's like, come on. I mean, that's more obvious than this one, but. Again, this this ties into your theory of if these characters were actors in this series. Right. That, like, the, the actor who's playing Daria and the actor who's playing Jane, like, have a secret connection and they just, like, made this storyline happen. You know what right. I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And sometimes I think that people who haven't who don't have the lived experience of queerness or haven't embraced the potentiality for queerness in themselves don't realize how easily what is perceived and what is female friendship can tip over into that zone right because so much of queer relationships are based on intimate friendship Mm -hmm. and you know that just have erotic and sexual aspects to it So, you know, it's like when people just try to make sexuality just about sex, which is, it's not, you know, it's like more the holistic connection between two people. And Jane and Daria, in every way other than eroticism, have that connection. And Daria and Tom have kind of a sweet moment where they really see each other and then they have this cute kiss and they make a point that maybe that was like, that, that them just, like, recognizing this and talking about this connected them, and that took them a step further and a step maybe closer to, you know, sleeping with each other, if that's the goal. I think Esther would have approved yes. of that assessment. So Helen is trying to talk to Daria about it again, and Daria's like, listen, it's not going to happen anytime soon, okay? And Helen says, I'm on your side with any decision that you make. Oh, do you want to hear another little fun fact? Yeah. So in the scene where Daria confronts Quinn about telling people in the original airing, Survivor by Destiny's Child was playing. Interesting choice. I'm a survivor. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to work harder. Mm. Oh. 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 Oh, beautiful. Does does it ever just intimidate anyone how we could have so many talents? Yeah, same. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sicker Satter World. We have a website at sickersatterworld.com. We also have a Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash sicker sadder one of them yeah we also have a twitter at sicker sadder and we have another podcast together called angel on top where we rewatch angel in order we are on episode five of season one so we only have two episodes left of this podcast but we hope that many slash all of you will carry with us on our new ventures with with angel the detective 